coming you are tuned in to Top of the Draw with your host Stephen Lynch as he covers the very best in Scottish professional wrestling. So without further ado, it's time to draw the Welcome everyone to episode 12 of Tuck of the Draw. This week's show is about Target Wrestling and I'll get you over to that very quickly. Target is a company that I really, really enjoy going to see. Make the trip down pretty much every month now for the last year and a half. Go down and see their shows in Carlisle. Even a, a rumble in Lockerbie. Um, really fun shows. Really, really welcoming. And you'll hear throughout several references to things like loyalty and how much they'll help people out, be it the wrestlers, to release them and do other stuff. Um, fans helping them out. So Ryan came to me and called when I was going down and was like, what are you paying for the travel watch for? I can get you a cheaper hotel if you're interested. And that's where I've been staying regularly. And it helps make the trip a little cheaper when it is reasonable enough to get down. And it's a party town, so drinks cheap as well and that when I'm down. So... I always enjoy it, and I want people to hear more about it. And it'd be good to see more faces going down from, the, I guess, a mostly Scottish core audience that I've got. That certainly seems to be the way, the feedback, etc. So, certainly worth checking them out. They've got their next show is on Saturday the 21st of July. And see, you'll see in the next show, they've got a four-way tournament as looks to crown a new contender to Shah Samuel's heavyweight championship. So definitely worth checking out their shows, see what they've got. Go on to Vimeo. If you want to check out a Target show that I think covers it end-to-end, have a look up at our Mustache Mountain show from June last year. So you have whole promotions against Mustache Mountain, you've got Rampage Brown, you've just got all these names, Flip Gordon, really big in the scene. And I've probably the best atmosphere you ever hear at the start of a match. If you think of a better one, you can find me it, tell me. I'm happy to be proved wrong. But when you've got 10 minutes of solid chanting, it's just a special moment to both be part of and also to listen back to whenever I get the chance. So I don't want to keep this too long. Don't want to hear what I've got to say. Just a quick thing, because I have a couple of messages about a tweet a message on Instagram post I put up last week just when I was at the beach after disco and I was just having to think about the show and it kind of just got to me a bit just the amount of work that does have to go in to keep this coming on a regular basis and the sharing it and just thinking was it worth it and I will say on this in terms of my initial goals for people listening straight away the show's completely smashing up I can't thank everyone enough for listening. Really, really grateful that everybody gives up their time every week to listen to Maui Chats with wrestlers and people in wrestling. Um, The guests really make it and really enjoy it. It's been something I'm really glad to took on. Um, But I just feel a bit frustrated with lacks of likes and shares and stuff. And again, nobody's under any obligation to like and share the stuff to do with the show. Um appreciate everyone that does and I just let that get to me and rather than looking at the positive side of look at all these people who do regularly share and tell people about the show I was looking at it on the other side and that's not the way that I like to be um, they heard in the DCT show last week him mention that 
season with somebody who tries to be positive, and that's the way I want it to be. That's the way I want the show to be. It's about the good things and happy times, and that's what wrestling's all about. So I just took an hour of my time last week, sat on, sat on the beach, enjoyed the nice weather, and switched my thinking around to let's concentrate on what the good is. And there's lots of good. I'm really enjoying it. I've got some really good people lined up. Already got a show recorded that will come out next week. That's with Lionheart about PWE. And that was another one. It's just that maybe think, oh, another company one. But it's one that just kind of goes into PWE as itself because it's a totally different company again. And that's what I think is, I've found really worthwhile is it's reinforced my belief that for all these different companies we've got across Scotland, they've all got their own things. They've all got their own kind of specialities and things they do well and things they do differently that make it unique. Um, if they were all the same, all the same matches and the same approaches, it'd be pretty boring for me going to shows once or twice a week. And I certainly don't find that at all. But everyone's got their own ways and different things they enjoy. So you've got that coming up. Got some other things lined up. Um, we'll keep going. Got my mind back into let's look at what's good. Because there is lots of good. And life is good. And Target's really good. So, let's go straight into my chat with Ryan. So, before you got involved in Target, did you have any other... Because you are a very young man. Yes. You like to constantly remind me. I don't look it. I don't look (laughs) a young man, but yeah, amazingly I am. Ten years my junior. (laughs) Were you involved with Target at the very beginning? Yeah, pretty much since day one of Target. Um, it, I didn't obviously run the company when it started. It was a guy called uh, Will Cochran who started uh, Target Wrestling at the end of uh, 2012, beginning of 2013 was when the, the idea in the company came around. And uh, the first show was in April 2013. And yeah, hadn't had any experience in, in British wrestling or to be honest, any knowledge of the, the real history behind British wrestling up until that point. I was always a huge uh, TNA fan, huge WWE fan, and wanted to get into wrestling somehow. Obviously, I haven't got the um, the physical stature or the um, athleticism to actually wrestle, although I have wrestled. Yeah, have you? Although I have wrestled um, at that time, that right. was just no chance whatsoever. And uh, so I got in touch with what was the company in Carlisle End, which was Triple Team Promotions, which was run by Jay and Dave Natras. And it was Dave, who is also Shady Natras, who messaged me back and uh, I basically just said to him, I'd really like to be involved in TTP, whether I can be an announcer, just help set the ring up, whatever I can do, I just want to help out kind of thing. And then he got in touch with us and said, oh, well, actually, we're kind of dwindling down the TTP stuff at the end of the year. We're starting up a company called Target Wrestling. Would you like to be involved in that? And obviously, I just absolutely jumped at the chance. I couldn't wait. Um, so I was happy to do anything, like put posters out, um, help with the online advertising. And really on the first show that I did, um, I was quite happy to just go there and put chairs out or ring the bell. Whatever like they would have me do was 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 awesome to me. Um, but that was my first real thing into British wrestling. I had no experience in it beforehand, but I knew that I wanted to get into it. Mm-hmm. But it's such... At that at that time, there wasn't really any. It was like it wasn't that long ago. It was like five and a half, six years ago. But at that time, there wasn't really any mainstream yeah. attention it, it to was, British wrestling. It, it was before it's seen the companies are seen as the bigger companies now. Totally. It's like say Progresses, Nice W's, etc. Had the kind of wider exposure. So it's like before the BBC documentaries and all yeah. this sort of stuff. 
and I know, similar to being a fan of wrestling at the time, I wouldn't have known wrestling existed apart no. from the odd column and say power slam. You'd get the odd thing here or there or yeah. the adverts years ago that you hear all the guys now that actually went to the trainings in Kent, etc. that yeah. you picked up on, but there just wasn't that coverage. You'd hear all about that. You'd hear about the uh, at that at that time one PW was probably yeah. was one of the bigger things. So really my only actually that was a lie in the last in the last answer then I did actually know a little bit about British wrestling, but that was only through literally the 1PW DVDs that you would find in yeah. HMV or I say an advert or a review of one of their shows in Power Slam or FSM um, but there, w- there wasn't any mainstream attention so unless you knew unless which was really the cool thing about that time when British Wrestling was really coming on the up if you knew about it it was like this little secret little club that was like amazing this amazing scene that the world hadn't a clue about and then, uh, but you were a part of it, like as a fan or if yeah. you were in a promotion. So that was the cool thing about that kind of time as well. But yeah, that was um, that was my thing. Really, didn't have any any experience whatsoever. It was a bit daunting. <laughs> so when Target started off, I don't think you ran the venue at that point. No, no, no. no. I mean, the the first time Target ran shows, it was a four day tour. Um, the very first show, which I, I wasn't a part of, um, was in Stranra because at that point I didn't really know the guys hugely well um, and I wasn't too confident about going all the way to Stranra for a wrestling show. So my first show was the second day of the tour which was at the Crown and Mitre Hotel in Carlisle which is in the city centre area and um, yeah it was tough, it was a tough show, there wasn't many people there but it was a really good show, Uh, Mossy was on, uh, the Predators were on, uh, Medallion was on, Shady Natras was on, BT Gun was on, um, uh, James Scott might have been on, maybe not, Viper was on. Right. Um, so it was a really good card, you know, really good card, but I think just when it been the first show that Carlisle had seen in that kind of venue and that kind of thing for a while, um, it, it wasn't a hugely popular draw right. anyway but it was a good starting point for the company and that was my first show and I went there as uh, again happy to just ring the bell or set a chair out help yeah. on the merchandise and uh, they said oh would you like to would you like to ref a match and I was like <laughs> yes of course this is gonna be awesome can't wait for this so I go home get me get my shirt and pants on and come back uh, about say an hour and a half before doors and uh, John comes up to us and he says, uh, uh, yeah, we've got a bit of a problem. The other lad who was going to ref the rest of the show, uh, he's not coming now. Right. So, so you're refing the whole show. And I was like, eh. Like, <laughs> I just sh- shit my pants, to be honest with you. But it was so awesome to be a part of this show. And even though there was only about 35, 40 people there, it honestly felt like WrestleMania for me. I was <laughs> like, it's like, this is it. Can't get any better than this. Um, so that was our first show which is at the crown of my the first carlo show from there there was a show the next night in dumfries and the next night after that which was the sunday night was in uh penrith uh so all these towns that we all already kind of run nowadays as well yeah. uh, i think that was kind of the first tour it stopped for about a month and a half ish when we ran a show early june 2013 in harraby community center which was the old stomping ground of ttp so a lot of people before Target existed, there was shows at the Harrowby Community Centre, which you get guys like Kirby and Lionheart, they kind of started out on those shows as well. Um, 
then again that was about a similar draw to the first show around about 40 odd people your standard kind of yeah at that time small british wrestling crowd you know and then the company kind of kept going and going like for that first year uh first year and a half i would say we were running dg1 in dumfries which was always the biggest one and uh, it was yeah it was this venue the venue which had only just reopened i believe around about that time it's been many things this building uh it's been a las vegas strip club it's been a, a complete kind of house dance nightclub and then it got turned into the venue which is what it is now and uh, i kind of said to will at the time i think it'd be a really cool idea to run the venue because it's set out perfectly for a wrestling show you've yeah. got the entrance where you've got the the dance floor in the middle where the ring is so i was like yeah this is where we, i think we should run so eventually we did run it in september of 2014 was the first show we did here and uh it was just i don't know whether it was just because it was city center or or what it was but that first short show drew i think it was about 125 130 people which was a huge step up from 40 people in carlisle and we were just like whoa brilliant you know it doesn't get any better than this this is excellent you know if we can get 120 people every time we come in here this is brilliant so we ran it two months later in november of 2014 as well and paul london was on that show it was the first international star we had paul london was on and i would say there was about 250 people in just in two months it doubled because it can be something that i think it's underlooked a lot in wrestling is where you hold the event yes because i know so my first kind of knowledge of wrestling was uh, it being a UK scene, he was seeing like Colt Cabana, he was in Edinburgh, he was out uh, flying with Grado for his show thing, and that point, I think, I still at that point, we were still doing like most like Studio 24. Yeah. And, no, was, was that one in Edinburgh? I can't remember. Studio 24 in uh, Edinburgh, yeah. Yeah. I think they also had um, a picture house as well. Uh, uh, that, that's what the, the Dave's Not Here man was the end of that week. But when you start to hear about things, and when you hear about things are in a slightly better venue, because I was just to yeah. like a town hall. And that kind of had that image of me of the old kind of tribute shows where it was like two singles matches, heel comes out, batters the guy, tag match. And here places are running nightclubs and nicer venues, like, oh, that must be something a bit decent. Yes. It's kind of more yeah. attractive to go along if it is more of a, because I'd say in here it's quite family friendly venues. So there's yeah. got a lot of kids and families and things in here, and there's the kind of raised bit for people watching. Mm-hmm. So if you bring your kids, it's not a struggle of they won't be able to see because you can sit higher up, those yes, sort of things. Yes, yeah, yeah, totally. So it's more kind of family friendly to be somewhere less, rather than saying if you're staying in a hotel or in a pub somewhere, yeah. it's kind of got a bit of a stigma. Oh, absolutely. And this venue, it's kind of perfect. It's Although it's not, although it's city centre, and I suppose you can kind of say it's like a nightclub, it's not really, because this place is only open for events, which, yeah happens to be like dance nights and yeah. and gigs and stuff but it's only open for events so you can't just come in on a saturday night and have a dance it's only open if, if there's an event on so i think that kind of attracted a few more people and also it attracted more adults to the show as well as families because in the old venue in harrowby um which evidently did shut down just before we started putting shows on in here unfortunately um the you have to get a bus there so if you don't live in harrowby which is like a a little area of Carlisle at the kind of edge of the city Um, if you don't live in Harrowby you have to get a bus there or a taxi or it's a it's a good walk for anywhere really whereas city centre right like two minute walk from the train station there's two Weatherspoons like two minute walk from here so I think that attracted a lot more adults and 
um, it made it more of a night out as well. So people like can start their Friday or Saturday night here at the wrestling and then move on to another club in town. And that's when town gets busy straight after the wrestling. So it's it's certainly perfectly. 18 months experience coming down and experiencing <laughs> it. Uh, I could definitely say it does lead on to yes. memorable nights. Carl's a great night. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like Magaluf. <laughs> it pretty much is. It's, I, I don't think there's many other places I would compare it to. The fact that they closed down the whole of the main street at night, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. gated off so you can't get any cars that are put down, I think it tells you about the states of people that are. Totally. Uh, I think it was. Uh, later in the evening. Oh, yeah. I think it was Shah the first time we had Shah on here last year. And uh, they all stayed over, all the boys stayed uh, over. So it was Ad- uh, Lionheart stayed over, Jackie, Mark, maybe Sean and Joe, Sean and Joe yeah, stayed over. Yes, yeah, that was such a good night. And we were walking up uh, Botching it, and obviously, Shah had never been to Carlisle before, and he's like, oh, I love this place. It's like Magaluf. Magaluf around here. And I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. Like, I uh, don't realise it when you live here. Somebody's saying, yeah. right, until you like stop and look around and go, yeah, it's a bit of a session around here. Like, <laughs> no, it was, it was the first time I got the train down, and I got off, and I was walking down, and it was like five o'clock at night, and the place was just absolutely rammed. And I'm Scottish, so I know what people. I know people like to drink. Yeah. But it was like every pub, there people like pouring in and out and stag parties and all things. <laughs> it's a very lively place. Yeah, it's a good place, man. So in the early days, then, yeah. what was the aim of target at that point? Because again, these are the years. I'd still say the kind of dark years of Scottish. Yeah, yeah. Not dark in a bad way, but just it wasn't that kind of visibility. There wasn't mm-hmm. the names that we're so the names you're rhyming off then. Big names now, they're going to know casual fans, know of yeah, people like totally. a Lionheart or Martin Kirby, etc. Yeah. But in those days, they were kind of still yeah. unknowns. And yeah, well, really, yeah. It was, um, well, at that time, Will, Will um, primarily ran the company, and, and the whole thing of Target was, I think the initial vision, if I can remember correctly, was to um, to make it a TV product rather than, a, rather than the product you see today, which is um, kind of the, the British wrestling. I don't know, like product where you run like monthly shows that carry on, yeah. Um, and the fans who go get enthused, and it all kind of follows on the Facebook page, and you know you can follow everything fairly easily. Yeah. At that at that time, uh, there wasn't any British wrestling on TV. Um, Will had a huge amount of experience in TV production. That was kind of his bag. Right. He'd filmed uh, darts kind of tournaments and had TV deals before with other things right. and had had meetings with TV stations for other things outside of wrestling and uh, he had that knowledge so he was like well there's no wrestling on TV, no British wrestling on TV really um, so the idea was that eventually um, the first tour would happen and then there would be a set of TV tapings which took place in Newcastle and Dumfries those shows were then sent to TV and um, they would run on like an eight-week, um, eight-week run essentially yeah. on, on TV. Um, that got picked up by my channel and Ben TV. I think both showed uh, eight weeks worth of Target Wrestling. I actually think they still show it to this day. <laughs> we don't yeah. get anything for that <laughs> for some reason. But yeah, they they still show it to this day. So at that time, uh, when Target started out, the idea of it was going to be a TV product um, where it was going to basically run uh, eight week, eight consecutive weeks and have like a month off to film more TV. Then it was going to run for another eight consecutive weeks right. on TV. Uh, for whatever reason, it, it didn't really work. I think I don't think the TV deal with my channel or Ben was hugely 
profitable on either side. Yeah. The amount of money it costs to produce a, a high quality TV show, which a station's just got to pick up and run with, is hugely difficult without the amount of sponsorships that you would need um, or the actual money from the TV station coming in if it's just getting funding on tickets and things like that. Hugely difficult. Um, and it, for one reason or another, it didn't really work. And then Target changed a little bit after that first um, September show in this building. All of a sudden, we, it was like, well, Carlisle's the hub. Let's turn it into a monthly-run wrestling show in Carlisle, yeah. which gets filmed for, as everyone usually does, DVD or On Demand or YouTube, and let's just run the company as that, yeah. uh, which really was the godsend of Target, to be honest, because yeah. it really helped get the local people involved people could follow the storylines they knew what was going on i think the tv stuff almost was ahead of its time in a sense and and confused situations in a way because i think there can be pretty much anyone who's into wrestling grew up under with a and they have hundreds of millions of pounds they've invested in all the production and stuff like that so that's i think that's the expectation yeah as people wanted to look and if it doesn't, it just looks inferior. It doesn't matter how good your product is. Yeah. People look at it and think worse of it because it's not there, rather than because it's just the style that people are used to. Yes. So, and, it, yeah. and it is a very expensive thing. So I think there's a difference between the quality you need for, say, a YouTube channel, yeah. where you're watching on a smaller screen and it's easier to produce things and manage it, than I guess if you're on a TV and there's that way they're kind of spread audience. Completely. If you're showing something for a couple of minutes, people will accept a bit of a kind of drop in quality. Yes. Because yeah. a lower screen is not as, as visible. But there is that, and if you see a lot of companies, like older YouTube stuff, yeah. and even some companies nowadays, you watch some stuff and you like, have they filmed that on a phone or something? Yeah, it's just yeah, very yeah, visible, yeah. the difference. And it can be done, like, but as it's been proven, like, ITV had no, at that time, had no interest in having wrestling on the screen. And they produced their own TV show, which looked great. Don't get me wrong, that show that ITV produced yeah. was fantastic. Uh, but they produced it their way with their own money. They weren't going to invest in a company to yeah. do it. You know what I mean? They were just going to um, produce it themselves and run it themselves. And that was just the way they wanted to do it. They weren't going to pay a company to do it, unfortunately, for them. Which I think would have been better if yeah. they'd have gave the money. If they gave that money to ICW or Progress or someone, um, I think it would have ended up being a lot better and would have carried on a lot. I think they would have picked it up for a full series, but that was that. Uh, back now, we've hopefully seen more things come along, which again, oh, yeah. it's good for the scene. There's more opportunities, and some of the guys we'll see on tonight have just been at Albert Hall, um, and then I seen a couple of them last night in a welfare club in Govan. So exactly, and that, <laughs> so this whole uh, of what the wrestling is. this whole NXT UK thing—it's it's all awesome. You know, it's all absolutely brilliant. It puts British wrestling on TV, and I think that's really one of the only ways it's gonna 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 happen you know i mean yeah. it's like companies will try like target tried in the early days waw do a fantastic job you know the knights do a fantastic yeah. job of their uh, local tv stuff that they do brilliant and it looks awesome you know they they film film in, uh, studio down there, don't they? yeah they epic the... studios in ah. norwich and they do a fantastic job of that um but i think to get the neutral people watching I think it has to it's be to has to have a look to it, which is the WWE look. <laughs> so it just started to run more kind of based around being Carlisle's a central hub and then the other towns there. So I think you I think we've got up to about middle of twenty fourteen there. Yeah, we yeah. yeah. About, so I just want to touch the name you dropped it on the Paul London. Yes. Who's yeah. a name who's 
very kind of synonymous with Target and someone who, say, having seen different imports across different companies, etc., that man embraces the Carlisle life. He really does. Um, and totally gives his all, and you could tell it genuinely does want to be here. Yeah. Kind of afterwards and stuff. So, what was that? So at that point, you're saying he was the first kind of import person you yes. brought in. Yes. Yeah. And as someone with a big name, because he'd been like then they Darling for a number of years, he'd been WWE, he'd been tag champion. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did that kind of really come about, or? Um, was there any initial experiences because he can be he's a certainly unique, a unique individual he's an extremely unique individual and he's an absolutely awesome awesome person he's a he's a fantastic friend and uh, at the time he wasn't because we'd never met but yeah. he he's a very good friend and he's a very nice very nice person to be around um, I, as, I think he just wants to be Tret the way that he would treat people as well yeah. which unfortunately in wrestling sometimes you can be taken advantage of not in a weird way but you know like yeah. promoters kind of can fuck you over and um, that can be the way the way it is especially if you two are all over the world you are going to get a few negative experiences which Paul's had unfortunately quite a few of over the years but yeah, he was over for a UK tour. Him and Brian Kendrick were over because uh, it was around the same time that um, they won the ICW Tag Team Championships yeah. off the NAK. And uh, so he was. They were, they were both over. I think Brian left the week before, so we didn't get Brian on. So Paul came as a singles wrestler, and I met him at the ICW show in Newcastle, and we had just got talking and said, "Oh, I'll see you next week." Basically, he turned up in Carlisle. He drove from London to Carlisle right. um, with a friend of his and they he turned up and he was just such a laid back lovely guy uh, as soon as he came to the venue he was just I don't know whether he knew what to expect to be honest as a lot of people who come here don't really they have a preconception of what Carlisle is and what Target is because it's a small city yeah and then he came and the place was heaving and he put on, well, it was match of the year. It was voted match of the year against uh, Shady Natris and it was incredible. You know, the place was so up for it. And this was before he had his Never Too Young to Die shtick. He was just um, the, you know, oh, what's his... The uh, intrepid space traveller. The intrepid traveller, Paul London. Yeah, he was doing all that. And um, he just loved it. He just embraced it, and he came out on the night out afterwards. The uh, after party back then was in Deja Vu up the road, and he just had a great night out with us. And then uh, didn't really uh, speak to him for a little while, um, just because he wasn't ever over. Um, I think so. That was in November 2014. I think he came back here in November 2016. 2016 so it was like nearly two years yeah. gap and uh, I got in touch with him we had this whole idea that at that point Shady Natris has held the high octet kind of kind of jumping forward a couple of years but yeah. in terms of Paul London still on that subject uh, we kind of said bye to Paul and we had great memories of him then we had um, at the time Shady Natris was high octane division champion from June, January or February 2016 up until October 2016 and over that year he'd defended the title against um, a lot of international wrestlers like Jay Lethal, Shane Strickland um, 
So right. just for your thinking there, just so just for people listening in, so your high hip octane belts, your mm-hmm. I'd say equivalent of like your intercontinental belt. Yeah, well, yeah, like a cruiser belt, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I've seen the kind of headline shows, etc. But it's that kind of yes. If you're, yeah. going, if you're going to see a heavyweight title, it's your top belt. It's your your, your set. Yeah. Belt. And it's always had a story for as long as I've been coming down here. It's always had like a worthy owner, and it's not just something that's passed about. There's no a story no, no. in the building. Um, sure, we'll come to the other matches, but if that's the, if the story we're going into with Paul London turning up, I believe that was supposed to be a surprise appearance. Yes, yeah. So and then, what did he do in the afternoon? He went to Nando's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this the whole thing, to be fair, that show, there was some great... The main event of that show was Mikey Whiplash and the franchise Shane Douglas against Polo Promotions, which it's a huge match in itself. But the whole talking point was, because of the people who had challenged for the high octane, they were very high-level uh, performers who had challenged that belt over the year. And uh, Shady had issued an open challenge to any wrestler in the world... So you're not just saying in the UK, you're saying in the world, which again kind of puts people's expectations up. And I saw some absolutely ridiculous like guesses of who it was going to be. <laughs> Most people genuinely believed it was going to be Kurt Angle because Kurt Angle was wrestling at the Hydro the night after right. for ICW. And uh, loads of people were coming up to me saying it's Kurt Angle. <laughs> genuinely serious and I was like didn't deny it I was like well you'll have to come and find out won't you so yeah Paul arrived in Carlisle and uh, he went for a Nando's <laughs> and uh, he's in Nando's eating his, eating his chicken and the guy from Nando's who loves the wrestling comes up to her and goes you're Paul London you're wrestling you're, you're wrestling tonight in the venue aren't you you're, you're answering the challenge he's like shh <laughs> don't tell anyone don't tell anyone so the whole team in Nando's took a photo with him and they, they promised they wouldn't put it online until after the show yeah. and fair play to them they didn't <laughs> um, but he was he, we got dropped him off at the hotel at lunchtime and uh, yeah, he was walking around Carlisle all day but there was still a, a huge surprise when he came out yeah. and um, the plan was always for the for a good six or seven months that he would win the win the championship and uh, and that was probably the hardest secret to keep for such a long time he was going to be there and um, we, we we saw it through and when he won the belt to this day I don't think we've had a bigger surprise yeah. and a bigger reaction because they were just nobody expected him to win the belt yeah. that night not one person because he's American he lives in Los Angeles He's not going to come over and defend the title every month, kind of thing. He doesn't just live down the road. He's like a thousand pound flight to get here. Yeah. And uh, he won the belt, and it was such an awesome moment. Like that, that for me um, was probably top two moments ever that we've produced yeah. in Target. It was. Yeah, I'll say there because that's a massive thing to do is to surprise the fans as well because yeah. that's a name if you'd said Paul London's going to be here yeah. before, COVID, before the show probably would have sold extra tickets with people knowing yeah. he was there but then that gives the fans here a massive surprise which wrestling fans for all everybody wants to come they want to know everything there's nothing better than a big proper surprise no, something happening you're not expecting so I think that kind of just shows like you've got a passion here for making sure the people who do come along do yes. enjoy it and have a lot of fun and kind of get that those proper wrestling moments rather than it being a I don't want to say formula formula because I can't say it 
Yeah, that formula shows as you advertise, you've got your big name as front yeah. centre on the poster, you've got your support players around, and that's how you get people in. But then that gives people the surprise of, oh, I can't miss the show, because when's the next totally. time a Paul under or something like that exactly. is going to turn up? And um, that did happen a couple of months later, I think, when uh, Angelico just showed up here. Yeah. Obviously, Paul had that, that past history with the Target fans, so everyone loved him, but still the pop and, and Angelico got was incredible and yeah that that's a, a huge thing really because we like to surprise people and also it's kind of as a nice reward yeah. for the people who have turned up for the people who support the shows you want them to to go away and go you know can you swear can you yeah. swear on this? yeah Aye. you know you want people to go away and just go fucking hell that was that was awesome didn't see that coming magnus showed up here yeah in a six man just just, just just showed up as former TNA Everywhere Champion, just, yeah. <laughs> just walked through the curtain. And the um, six man, was that the, oh, uh, the Mustache Mountain Mustache Mountain show, yeah. So it was Joe Magnus and Joseph Connors, Connors. against the Tyne Wolves and Flip Gordon. Yeah. What a great guy. Great guy, Flip Gordon. But yeah, it, it's a huge thing to be able to do that. And um, the more people who support the show, the more kind of leeway we have to do stuff like that yeah um if you've sold 200 tickets in advance or 250 tickets in advance and all of a sudden you get offered a name you're like oh well yeah we could do that and yeah. just kind of surprise people with it but also the surprise of the belt changing hands was <laughs> it's just brilliant yeah and paul held the title he came back in march and we surprised people again because everyone's like all right He's gonna lose the belt in March. Yeah. He retained the belt, and everyone was just like, "What?" Uh, unfortunately, Paul had to um, vacate the title about two weeks before, because this again, it was all building up to our fourth anniversary show, yeah. where it was going to be Paul London against Shady Natras for the high octane and heavyweight title winner takes yeah. all. And uh, unfortunately, Paul knackered his knee about a week before that show, and and couldn't 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 fly over so yeah. he had to vacate the title came back in the august, November. Show. august show yes it well the, done it was the friday night show yes yeah oh, i think that was the last time i saw paul yeah, yeah. he um, came over and wrestled josh for the high octane division title in august again kind of putting that all in full circle he was meant to come and wrestle at our fifth anniversary show in april uh, but unfortunately again the first night of his tour broke his shoulder and yeah. had to fly home for surgery so I think it's like a a curse of our anniversary shows <laughs> that Paul London will never see one <laughs> but I hope to see him again very no, soon let's, let's never say never definitely um, so so as well as Paul so I apologize I just let everyone know we just sat and spoke about how great <laughs> Paul is personal experiences etc and uh, it was all totally clean it's not cut out for any reason other than the fact the battery died and I just noticed <laughs> that the recorder had cut yeah. off so um, but hopefully we're not, we're not gonna, be back. Yeah, so we've already said never say never, um, but we're not going to go back over it again. But let's just both just say that Paul's amazing. Yes. And we do hope to see him back in Target in some shape or form sooner rather than later. So we had to skip forward a bit talking about Paul and his run that he'd been through mm-hmm. and how he'd just totally been part of the scene. So who are some of the names in there in the early stages? So yeah, I believe the first heavyweight champion was BT Gunn. Yes. So yeah. at that point was which which BT? Because I, I 
think one of the things about BT gunners, depending where it is, it can be completely different. He's either the happy, smiliest baby face, yeah, turtles, yeah, yeah. clad wrestler ever, or he's proper, proper evil, dark and. Oh, he so was. W- which which BT gun did you guys have? It was it was the um, oh, it was definitely babyface BT gunners, babyface champion um, for for uh, eighteen months in Target. He won the belt in the first show in April 2013 and lost it in September 2014. He was a, a really big babyface. Um, it was more like the Just Us BT yeah. gun that you would see with his light up, um, mouthpiece, you know, mouthpiece, yeah. uh, teeth guard, whatever you want to call them. Gum uh, shield. Gum That's what I was looking for. Thanks for that. I'm terrible with words. Uh, yeah, and he was a fantastic champion. Uh, he obviously at that time we didn't run every single month like we do now. So he would probably defend the belt every two months, kind of thing. But he held it for a very long time. Yeah. And uh, he wrestled some awesome matches. He had a ladder match with Stevie Xavier at the DG1 Leisure Centre, which was one of the best matches to this day that I've ever seen. Um, It was incredible. Um, They just absolutely killed it. And I think that was was in the first year in Target. So that would have been October 2013, I think we ran that one. Right. Uh, And that... That was match of the year, one match, hands down, one match of the year. Um, and then from, from there, we were always using uh, guys like uh, Lionheart was on, Demo was on, uh, the, the Coffees at the time yeah. were on as a tag team, uh, Jackie was on as a singles wrestler. Just around the time that Mark and everyone was kind of joining with Jackie elsewhere so Jackie was still very much a singles wrestler at that point Um, but he was on a lot of our earlier shows as well Uh, Mossy was on quite a lot he's relatively local lad I think there is because my first kind of experience at Target was seeing I want to come in I'll try to save the polls to last because I think they're a story in themselves yeah yeah. but the so the first experience I'd seen was you doing like the live Q&A with like DCT and then you had the polls yes and then that opened up then I seen like the YouTube because I think your YouTube channel has got so much content in it. Yes. Because there is all those we spoke earlier on. You said about like TV show stuff. So there was there is quite a catalogue of things you could see. Yeah. You can see all the names there. So I think anybody who'd wanted to see any of your product, they've got a quite an extensive like YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all these different previous shows. There's little clips. There's little videos you do and yeah. kind of things. Now seeing, you know, I'm quite friendly with a lot of you guys down here. See people sharing like on this day memories of different videos to see how characters have progressed as well so it's been a it's not just been a let's put x amount of wrestlers on <laughs> um and there is that kind of building your own guys as well yeah, so yeah. just at this bit just want to talk about some of the guys in the kind of local scene for around here so yeah, yeah. the staple of the, the company would be the natural brothers yeah yeah um well we only see one of them now he got it um, Pretty much as soon as he disappeared, a mass wrestler called Medallion appeared. Yeah, it was odd that. Yeah. I haven't seen Jay Natris in years. I mean, yeah. he used to be on all the shows, but now he's on none. It's yeah. crazy. I don't know why. Weird that. <laughs> so, uh, who, who else would say people have been aware of this? Because the whole point of this is for me to try and help people up north who are listening know why I come down so often. Yeah. So, 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 so you're using like, the local scene and the guys coming through and we're seeing like there's training school and all that now, yeah well. absolutely well obviously there's um the shady naturist who is one of our main main guys has been from the start he's from carlisle he's been a baby face from a couple of years at the start of the company and has been primarily a heel for the last three and a half years or so so 
good 50-50 there. Uh, obviously, he's, for me, Shady's one of the best kind of wrestlers in, in the UK. I think he hasn't had um, the amount of um, chances uh, yeah. at other companies, I think, because of his base. His base is odd in being living in Carlisle. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you're working at ICW or if you're working um, kind of Discovery area, which he has been starting to do a lot in Discovery, yeah. um, primarily use the guys who were up there. Yeah. And again, PCW use guys northwest primarily and uh, northeast promotions, um, kind of like North and MEW, primarily use the northeast yeah. guys. And then if you're from down south in Progress or Rev Pro, they primarily use guys from the south. So Shady, for as good as he is, is an incredible talent. Has I, I think maybe hadn't had the opportunities that he should have done because of his base and no one else around that time really. You know, if you want to bring a car full down, yeah. unfortunately, that's kind of hindered him, I think, over the years. Cool. But he's been able to showcase everything he's got here and has kind of made a name for himself on his own terms, you know, which I think is quite cool. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a testament to him as well, to in this kind of era of if you're a good bad guy, mm-hmm. you become a good guy. Yeah. From to maintain that, because he does have these matches against all kind of different variety of opponents that come in. So he does have that. Yeah. It's the guy who can go at that, not to say the guys are under a lower level, but it's that kind of upper tier yes, uh, of yeah. indie talent coming in. He's the guy who can go with them in the ring for like the longer main event style matches yes, and go yeah. on. So it's still stay disliked yes. by a fan base that will still come and see him on a regular basis. I think it just really shows his skills as being that bad exactly. guy. Yeah. Not being likeable, but in yeah. the way that a good bad guy should. <laughs> yes, yeah. a, a good bad guy, to me, shouldn't be the guy with the flashier moves. It should be the guy who cheats to win. Yeah. Because he's a bad guy, he cheats because the good guy's better than him. Yes, yeah. And that's how the, the bad guys kind of get that side on it. So seen as well, I think we've seen last year, we've seen Carnage as the World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. So I think we've seen you, sorry, I do know you're talking for you. It's, it's no, no, you're no, no, no. But the Carnage who came into Target originally isn't the guy who we see now. No, without a doubt. Like, he's um, progressed so much as a character. Um, when Carnage first came into Target as the character Chris Carnage, um, he was like a uh, kind of like a, an abyss a, a, a and a monster and a kind of some sort of um, British uh, like Hannibal Lecter abyss yeah. crossover like a monster yeah, type like of thing. That, that deranged it um, havoc disease yeah havoc kind of manager sidekick yes um, they'd seen yourself be bundled into the back of a car exactly yeah and um, they were our first. Tag Team Champions, Havoc and Carnage as well. And obviously they dropped the Chris and the Damon. Uh, so it was just Havoc and Carnage. And they really um, shone as a tag team together. They had some incredible double team moves as well. But the the thing about uh, Carnage uh, in general was because he was local and a lot of the lads who come to the show know him personally. Yeah. Um, they would see him in the after party and the person he was, he is after the show or outside of wrestling, is not obviously not the character he was portraying yeah. as this psychopathic nutter. You know, yeah. that's not what Carnage is in real life, and they knew that. So they 
Raw, and he has a Carlisle United badge on his arm, tattooed. He's a huge Carlisle United fan. So he was getting these these chants of Carnage's Blue and White Army even when he was in African Carnage. Yeah. So obviously we sat down and said to him, I think this would be a really good idea. I think if you turned face, I think you would really get over with yeah. this being a local guy. Kind of not a football hooligan, but just a local lad who likes to fight. The game likes to be a likes yeah. fight. Yeah. Likes all that kind of stuff. And uh, he was very, very apprehensive at the start. Yeah. He's always been a heel and uh, from to turn to a baby face. And then when he did, it was like you couldn't even believe that that was the same guy. Obviously, you see a lot of time hops, as you say, yeah. uh, and see him as he would have used to be. And you're like, what? This is kind of be the same guy. And he has progressed so far to being now one of the company's top baby faces. He held the championship the heavyweight championship for eight months. Yeah, at least that. Wrestling some of the best names all over and matching them. And uh, yeah, he had an absolutely amazing year last year doing that. I think, oh, I think it did. And just as a fan, seeing so the first target match I seen was him, the best of British, first match of the night. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. possibly. So it was yeah. like a, a, hardcore, a, a hardcore match, no, no duty, something like that. But then seeing him as it kind of went up, so that went, led into the next show, you had the 4 on 4 match, was. Uh, International Set Promotion Blue Oh Army. yes, yeah. that was one of my favourite things ever. So, international yeah. Set Promotion so Big Blue Army. Seen, so the, the show just to kind of set the scene a little bit was so the first show of the year last year was the best of British talent. Mm-hmm. So it was just no imports, anything like that. It was just UK guys going against each other and that was the first one that attracted me down. So it was the day before the ISW Square going Newcastle. So yeah. I'd already booked on my travel, etc. like that. And just on a whim last minute, I'd seen the card, so was, the match at Trackmaden to start with was supposed to be Rampage against Mark Coffey. Yeah, yeah. Um, which then became a freeway match. Uh, but it was, um, so it was Jackie against Joe Coffey, because I believe Joe had just lost yes, Jackie the, that's the right, title just before yeah, it. So before. that was a bit of a grudge match. And came down, and again, it was just kind of on a whim. I think my mum had given me money for some reason. She was just like, I'll take 20 quid. I'm like... Oh, I could just use that for Diesel and drove down and drove yeah. back. Um, and came out and was like, this is just a great show. It's all these kind of quality matches. Didn't know what to expect. No idea. Never been to Cavalio for anything. Didn't know the scene. Didn't know any of the guys, etc. And it was just straight away, oh, this is a really good company. And kind of the crowd was really going. And so we'd seen kind of a number of attacks through the night, which then led to the end of the night of um, DCT, Mark, Jackie and Carnage, kind of standing tall and challenging the other four guys for a match at the next show. Yeah. So... That night, I think it was really where we've seen the chanting starting, yes, which I think is quite yeah. synonymous now. Is, sorry, I just talked too much about that. No, no, no. It's just because I get so into it, and I do enjoy really coming down here. So, just for your sake, then, seeing so that's what I'd like to see him growing, to yeah. take on a bit of confidence in Without yourself. Without a doubt. To be in that main event with Polos and DCT, I know that he was really worried that he would feel a bit out of place, because obviously... People who are used to see people know that those three are best mates in and out of the ring, yeah. they're best mates. And uh, he was in there with uh, Joe Coffey, who was the leader of the guest list at that time. TJ Rage, I believe, was in that match. Mikey Whiplash was in that match. Kirby. And yeah, it was I Kirby. It was, I think it was Kirby, right? Kirby or James. Um, maybe it could have been Havoc, I'm not sure. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, it was it was a huge match, and uh, he was like, I think he was really nervous about it, and then the crowd were just so up for it. Like I think them chance went for about 15, 20 minutes before any wrestling actually happened. Yeah, it was it was and. It, they were chanting Polar Promotions, they were chanting uh, O for DCT, they were chanting the Kindness Blue White Army, and then they started on the International Sex, Sex Promotions <laughs> Big Blue Army. <laughs> and it was just. A bit of a mouthful, because I said there is a few that do like a drink from here. Um, <laughs> but then it did go on, and I think that's something we've seen now, kind of then moved into, kind of, as he gets his own chance in his matches, Polar Promotions now can't start a match for a good 10 no. minutes with the chanting going on for there. Um, I think Carnage really did come on his run. That's what kind of started on. It was about seeing the different people he was going against. They're going yeah. against like Rampage Brown, who's been being like the premier heavyweight in the UK. Um, goes against all these people, and Carnage was in, kind of stood his ground. Yeah. Looked every bit. There was no match he was in where he didn't look at least the equal or not better. To yes, in with. exactly. So yeah. it's certainly an example of. I'm checking the best way to put it. It's just around like brought value to the belt. Yes. It, it wasn't just a. a some companies you see, here's a champion, and it's like the champion, the, the belt makes the man. He was, he brought, he took the belt, it was already a real history of good people holding it, yeah. and then raised it again. Yes. And then yeah. we've seen, uh, lost it to Shah, yeah. nefarious means. Um, so sure we'll see revenge at some point, rather. No doubt, and obviously Shah's our champion now. We've had some like massive names as our champion when you think like BT Gunn, Shady Natchez held it only for 24 hours. The first time he won it in Carlisle and lost it the next night in Newcastle. Uh, T-Bone held the belt for about four months. Joe Coffey held the belt after that for, uh, I want to say, seven or eight months. Then Medallion held the belt for about three months. Michael Dante held the belt after that for... Probably another seven months. No, he won it in February, lost it in September. So, yeah, seven months. Jackie held it for about five months. Uh, again, Shady Natris then held it for uh, another, I want to say, three months. Carnage held it for eight. And now Shah is into his fourth month or something as yeah. champion. So, like, there's been some huge names held that belt. It's got a lot of history. It's had a lot of amazing main events. Yeah. And, yeah, Carnage was a a really, really big part of the history of that belt. Yeah. A lot of the title defences he had. And he had a triple threat match with T-Bone and Joseph Connors, so two of the best yeah. like out there. The WWE contracted talent. Exactly. Says it all. And uh, he retained the title and he lo- he didn't look out of place against those two. It was just... that was I think that was probably the strongest match I've ever seen him in. It was just yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I remember I was sitting at that show and he jumped up in the barricade bit and oh, like jumped, yeah, yeah. he'd done an elbow and he was like, I was talking to him after the show, he's like, does it look alright? And I was like, I, was like, I just decided that I was doing it and I was like, oh, <laughs> I wouldn't mean, have known, he just jumped like, jumped up in the chair, jumped yeah. up out of there and then threw himself off. And oh, is it right? He's a, a nutty stuff like that. Because Mick Foley's a huge uh, inspiration of his. He's just an everyday man, you know, Mick Foley yeah. and so's. So it's kind of just an everyday man who just enjoys what he's doing. You know, he just loves it. So, yeah, it's brilliant. And obviously the other local talent that we've got is, you know, like Damon Havoc. Um, he's been wrestling here for years now, like three or four years. Um, leader of Havoc Enterprises, one half of the former tag team champions in Havoc and Carnage. 
Um, yeah, we've had a lot of people come and go over the years, right. local-wise, um, to be honest. We've got Chris Ross, the tag team, Chris Kendall and Luke Ross. Luke Ross started as a referee a long time ago, like right. five years ago. He, Yeah, he was really... Uh, when I started, I was doing the refereeing for the first few shows, and then he, I took over the announcing, and he did the refereeing after that. Um, so he's been here for about five years, Luke, and obviously Chris. Um, you've, you've also got people who don't wrestle anymore, who are local. Um, people like uh, Wild Bill, who's a good friend of mine. Right. People who were coming to the early shows will know Billy, he's a local lad. Um, Alexander Henry, who's from Carlisle. I don't know whether Alex still wrestles, but he again was a big kind of part of the early yeah. target years. Um, yeah, and we've had a lot of local guys come and go, but the people who always seem to stick are Medallion, Shady, Carnage, Havoc. Luke and Chris, definitely Luke. Um, Chris, obviously, is relatively new, but he's yeah. loving it. Um, we've got new guys in, like you know Ben Vicious. You've got uh, Tommy Oliver, uh, Chelsea Blaze, uh, Sienna, like those couple of lasses there. Uh, Sappy Sparks. So we've got a lot yeah. of people local wrestling constantly here. Yeah. Um, so just another name I wanted to touch on was Josh Terry. Oh, yeah. So we'd seen him coming in. He's a Johnny Moss trained. Yeah. And now runs, I believe, Johnny Moss's training school. Mm-hmm. It shows you. I don't. I don't. How old is he? He's very young. Twenty. Yeah. Twenty. Uh, Which is nineteen or twenty? Yeah. And really, was certainly wasn't far out his teens, so if you're running his own school, it kind of just gives you the idea for somebody like Johnny Moss to put that faith in him, yeah. to carry on his name, and it's not just running a school, it's running a school that's got his name attached, because yes. now yeah. Johnny Moss, now a WWE employee, training in Orlando, must put a lot of faith, so I think that just shows not only the talent of a wrestler, but also he can coach to that level, yeah. at that age, um, so I think we'd seen him in matches with like Paul London, mm-hmm. the two out of three falls match in the August show last year. Yes. Um, yeah. So we've seen. Again, I just keep talking about your guy. I, no, no, it's. A, <laughs> I've wasted your time. No, just, no, I should have no. just sat and spoke for an hour. <laughs> so I just let you talk. Yeah, it. yeah. I mean, Josh is for me one of the best wrestlers in the country. Like, easily one of the best wrestlers in Europe. And he's only twenty. It's sickening. I think the first time we had him on, he was seventeen. He's wrestled here for a few years now. Yeah. And he came with Mossy to a show in Dumfries and he wrestled uh, Damon Havoc and I'd heard things about Josh um, through videos of the kind of some of the shows he did, did with Mossy and um, he'd only really worked a couple, a few shows I think up until that point he hadn't worked regular promotions yeah. in front of crowds who were invested in the product that they're watching if that makes sense yeah um so yeah, he came and he wrestled Damon Havoc and I was just like, okay, let's see what this guy is all about. And he blew me away. He was just absolutely unreal. And uh, he finished, he, he said, oh, you know, the finish of the match. I was like, oh, you do a shooting star? And he was like, oh, yeah. Um, I said, do you want to have a look in the ring though? Because uh, the ceiling's <laughs> really low. This was in the Lockside Club in Dumfries, right. which is like a, it's essentially just a social club. So if you can imagine like a, very much like where we are now, yeah. really. Really low ceiling, you know. As a working men's club, if you can imagine one of those old-style Phoenix Knights ballrooms, yeah. you know. And, uh, yeah, he just he got up on... Did a second rope shooting star press, and I was just like, fucking hell, this kid is unreal. 
and then the night and then he came up to me like straight after the match and was like oh what do you think of that what do you think of that i was like bloody unreal like fantastic and he came he did the show the night uh, the week after i think he teamed with johnny and jody to take on shady and havoc and carnage and the crowd in the venue just fell in love with him like he's a very charismatic young lad yeah and um he's just unreal the stuff he can do is absolutely insane like for me he could he could match any cruiserweight around and it's just a matter of time before mossy maybe puts a bit of influence in and gets him over to nxt there's someone now seen him him and shady teamed up at discovery last month yeah um and they seem kind of very much a rivals teaming together so shady was telling him don't be being flashy and kind of just putting the kind of the foil to each other um but there's somebody who's been really i've been surprised i've not seen him more i think he's done he done like a um i think he got battered off that big tall guy who iced w once and not seen him probably he seems somebody who's kind of natural for these sort of promotions totally young i'll say good looking guy got the flashy moves got a style kind of real charisma to him it really does surprise me not seeing him and it is maybe it's, it's something so what you said earlier on about shady is sometimes if you're that one guy yeah it's that bit harder to get kind of totally it's not too bad for us because josh lives in egremont which is like west cumbria so it's like an hour and five minutes from Carlisle, so that's not bad and i suppose it's the same for D- discovery he can get yeah. in the car with you and myself or or shady and drive here yeah. so his expenses and things like that it's although it's only the one person it's not too bad yeah for some for some reason he's just not um in any of the other i say bigger promotions but i don't know why because yeah. the guy is incredible like he went to discovery for the first time last year i think and again no one really knew who he was they kind of heard a few things yeah and he got a standing ovation and a please come back jump for a 19-year-old kid or 20-year-old kid who has never wrestled there before to get a standing ovation, and I know the Discovery crowd, yeah. to get a standing ovation and that kind of reaction comes to like imports and legends. I think Doug Williams got that, Matt Riddle got that, uh, maybe Tommaso Ciampa got that as well. Yeah. Apart from that, I haven't heard any Please Come Back chance, and to, for this young lad to get it was brilliant, you know, I think he's got a huge future ahead of him and i don't think he really needs to um put himself he he needs to put himself out there but i don't think it's essential because i think because of who he knows he's going to be in a fight somewhere he's He's got got that he's young enough he's been taught the right way he's got that look he's got the moves yeah certainly the the future will find him i don't think he needs to go looking too much without a doubt what he's going to see there and he's only 21 or 20 i keep changing his age but i think he's (laughs) I think he's 20. Let's Sorry. stick with 20. We for, because we moved around a lot, it's, it's all done on the same day, but I think we forgot what age yeah, he was at the start of we've, we've so changed like location three we've times. Probably, <laughs> probably on a few cards and some cake. <laughs> uh, so I'm just getting cautious of time as well. That's all right. I show tonight and I've got a hotel to check in and go to Paul London's favourite Carlisle-based restaurant. Oh, of course. So the, one of the big drawing points for me coming down initially and then coming back and I think we see for a large amount of the crowd is polar promotions yeah and people who know me know I'm not very shy about how much I'll follow them and I'll go about and 
I would say they're my football team pretty much. The other team that I'll follow, I'll see them, I've seen them at Source last night, I'll see them here tonight. Um, team I really enjoy, uh, we've got really good act, really well refined, both brilliant wrestlers in their own regard. Uh, I'll name drop, so in here we're recording in Club Rock and we stood talking with Trent Seven last year, yeah. who told us that he's the best person he's been in the ring with. And this was totally away from anything, Jackie wasn't there or anything, just in all honesty stood there and just talk, went on about how good, because they did the match that night, which I'll come on to mm-hmm. there, um, so it was Trent and Tyler against uh, Jackie and Mark. But the, so he said earlier on, in the early years, because it was Mark and Joe were a team together, yeah. So they were the Coffee Brothers, and then we seen Polo Promotions that came together in ICW and other places. So something both of them and DCT and others have all kind of said quite openly about how much they enjoy coming down yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Um, even like the smaller show they used to do, kind of leisure centres, etc. They are very kind of. Always said it's always been a really good atmosphere backstage. Yes. Yeah. You see them on, always on Twitter talking about how good they get treated down here, etc. So what was the kind of early memories then of? that group of guys coming into coming down and being starting to become staples of Target. Oh yeah, I mean well we started when the Polos the word the Polos then it was yeah. it was the coffees and it was Mark and Joe were a tag team here and also wrestled as singles and Jackie was primarily a singles wrestler. And uh, at that point I, I didn't have a huge thing about the, the booking of the shows but I always used to get chatting to the coffees yeah. and, and Jackie and yeah, just like really got on instantly with them. Um, it was just good banter and yeah. their act and was fantastic. They were always professional guys. Um, and yeah, it was when we started running the venue that really got to know them and really they kind of came out of the shell and started kind of being more um, at home yeah. with the place, really. And the first time that we had Polo Promotions as a tag team, was in March 2016. Yeah, March 2016. There was a, um, a storyline we were doing between T-Bone, who was the heavyweight champion at that time, yeah. and uh, a tag team at that time, Red Nation in Target Wrestling, and uh, they were feuding with uh, Joe and Mark, the Coffees, yeah. not Jackie Polo at this time. So we ran this, uh, this match where it was uh, six-man, but Mark and Joe... Um, had a surprise tag yeah. team partner and they were basically throwing it as oh we've got no friends in target wrestling or I wouldn't say we had no friends in target wrestling Yeah. Um, they bear in mind we hadn't had polo promotions on as a team up until this point Jackie had been on as a singles wrestler and the crowd as a heel nonetheless yeah. and the crowd loved him even when they were given, he was giving them everything to not love him. Yeah. They were chatting Polo promotions, Jackie Polo, Jackie Polo, as they do right now. Absolutely fucking in love with the guy. So anyway, this was the first time we saw him as a babyface. The Polo, uh, the the coffees go backstage. They're like, oh, who wants to be a coffee brother for the night? Yeah. And then the next thing, all three of them come out in Polo promotions, tracksuits, and the crowd went. Ballistic. I think it was on YouTube. It's on, yeah, I think it's on YouTube. That, so, yeah. And the crowd went mental. And there was no music. It was just Jackie going, Polo Promotions. And that was it. The crowd was chanting Polo Promotions. And uh, it was brilliant. You know, um, the crowd just fell in love with them. And from there, we've always used the Polos as a team. We've always been well supportive of them. And um, 
kind of the thing that we get on well with the polos is we take their ideas as well like if they want to do something yeah. they can just kind of go along with it for example last month or the month before um i think the polos might have lost and jackie was like no when we're going to have a month off but we're not going to leave yeah. we're going to have a conga yeah because so like it was it was like before well, there, the, was, there was a second raffle first and a then second a raffle and then a conga so i was talking to the backstage i was like oh do you want to do a do you want to do a promo after the match uh and mark's like oh we're, we're going to do a conga and i was like <laughs> yes of course of fucking course you are <laughs> and uh yeah and uh a lot of the stuff that happens before the match the promos the pre-match banter that they have the um when they did the the, the, the sing-along with paul london at the end of the when he won the high octane championship yeah. everything is ad lib uh it's all just off the cuff they're not restricted um at all because we know that how much people love them and yeah. we know how much people really enjoy seeing them whether they're wrestling or not people just like seeing them out there um, they haven't got any uh, restrictions, I suppose, so that's a huge help. Uh, I think we see from them because, again, the two guys who've got a good respect in themselves, they yes. know what they want to do as characters, they've got strong opinions as to where they should be yes. and their position in things. And as someone who I like to act very quickly because I like you know, Jackie's sense of humour of somebody going out their way to be. A bit dislikable. Yeah. Like, people would deliberately kind of, I don't want to say black humour, but kind of just like somebody who's plain antagonist and yeah. that, but it's kind of got that naturally to them. To then, so I'd got all the humour, liked the videos and things they were doing up at ICW, but down here, it is very much the home team. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. Uh, it yeah. is, it's very, because up north, it's very much a very polar promotions get to fuck. Which yeah. was a common chant as it went through, and that was always kind of back and forth, but here it's just polar promotions. And then there's a very small squeak in the background of whoever it is they're against. Yeah. And um, that's, I think, probably my highlight of coming down here. Whereas the match they had with Trent and Tyler last oh, year. Where brilliant. we'd seen they'd won the tag belts at the anniversary show. Yeah. And they said, right, and then they'd put out the challenge. Um, so it was like, much less, I think Mark Andrews was supposed to be in there as well. But he had, yes, had, yeah, he was, yeah. Got injured at... Uh, download, down, yeah. Download. So we'd seen them come out for the match and we'd, we talked about the, the eight-man tag earlier on with the international sex promotion big blue army that just went straight into being polo promotions yeah for that that show that match man that was that was probably again you talk about proud moments i was saying before like poland and the poland surprise of winning the high octane championships probably always going to be number one that was great uh, but this was number two without a doubt or a close contender for number one you know Trent and Tyler turned up um, and you know it's all to them and I don't think they really understood what they were going into the venue that they were in and yeah. the crowd that they were going to be wrestling in front of I think they thought Carlisle was probably as most people believe it is a small town where nothing really happens of any noteworthy mentions and um because it's just this little dot in Cumbria. And then obviously they came out and they were just standing in the ring and Trent Seven was just was, like, wow. He was so up for it after it, that. It was even before, so 
at that point, so I think it was just after Tyler had lost the UK belt to yes. had the kind of match of the year, was, well, top five in match of WWE got voted last year. They'd had the kind of prominence of the UK stuff, coming to what they didn't know, what they were getting here. Yeah. Then, while their music's still playing, you've got the whole of the venue all chatting polo promotions yeah. and drowning <laughs> it out. Um, and that just kept going for, yes. all the way through uh, Jackie playing, and then it was just very much a, a, a standoff between it was. them for a good. It's something I go back, I've got the, I bought the Vimeo of the event. And it's something I'll quite often watch in the train because it's yeah. like the whole match, including all that entrance stuff, is about 28 minutes. My journey's kind of just over 30. It's all right, we'll just stick it on my phone. Yeah. I'm sitting on my earphones in, and God knows whatever, whoever's sitting next to me is thinking, as I see in the screen, it's just four guys just stand there, and I can obviously <laughs> hear it all in my ears. But that was, that's, that's a proper moment. That's a proper, it was a, I can it feel the hair of arm just yeah. thinking about it. It really was. And uh, Trent Seven came backstage after that after that match and just was just hugged Jackie and just was like that was the best crowd I've ever wrestled in front of and uh, it was it was unbelievable and I know we talk about the polos but just to talk about like the target fans I think that really is one of the reasons that I love this place so much is because the fans are original they're respectful they're loud, they like a drink, they know the characters, they know to cheer the good guys and boo the bad guys, um, they're very respectful of who's a heel and who's a face, yeah. the chants are awesome, um, it's still a family friendly atmosphere even with a huge group of adults chanting, yeah. um, it's like a family atmosphere but I've always said it's not family, f- it doesn't feel like a family friendly um, thing but it is because it, everyone is just embraced and everyone's a pal and everyone knows each other and um you know whether you come on your own which you've found as well or whether you come for the first if you come for the first time say tonight for the show yeah someone comes tonight for the first time ever the people who have been coming for four years or every show for the last four years say will make that person feel welcome they won't make them feel like oh you're new yeah this is our thing it's like oh welcome to our thing you know welcome come and have a look at this you know have the fucking best night you yeah. know and that's it's such a welcoming vibe i think that, no, that's my opinion on it anyway this is where i'll quite happily talk about how good you guys are down here so i came down first show and then next night this square go bumped into you at the bar we just yeah. said a quick hello and oh, i really enjoyed last night really good etc so then the next time um fiona and claire on that were staying so i was like oh i think i'll stay down as well and then just like well, where are you staying? And then kind of sorted out like the hotel deal, you get main things. And there's always that, are you coming out? And there's yeah. times where I've, I've not been able, I've drove down that and you're kind of out in the car park harassing me. It's like, come on, come on. And it is that big kind of takes you. And it wasn't the fact that I've came like 120 miles and who's that guy? And oh, we don't know who that is and kind of stranger danger. It is all that. Or do you want to come out and kind of look out for people? Yeah, yeah. People chasing you to see, are oh, you coming out after it? What are you doing? And it is a whole, like, I don't, I don't go on holidays, holidays, but I'm down here pretty much nearly every month, down for the night out, kind of me trip away, and it is, it's just really easy to get in it, and we are saying there about the crowd, I think it's in that sweet spot, but I think all, if there is to be a mainstream British product, mm-hmm. I think it has to be in that middle ground, yes. of, it's not the full on, I don't, 
like full on super indie. Yeah. Like PWG, Ring of Honor, super all wrestling wrestling. But it's not your like shall sort of like, uh, family <laughs> show camp style. He's behind you. Yeah. But but you, you can get bits of that sometimes, but yeah. I think it's got to be that bit in the middle that caters for everything. Yeah. And I think it has got that good ground and you're sitting there with the fans and the fans do know cheer the bad cheer the good guys, boo the bad guys. Yeah. And it just makes the atmosphere it's like I think wrestling very much like pantomime. Yeah. And that it's all about that crowd experience and being there. And I think there is a lot of parallels between things like that, but also kind of like a football crowd as well, with the chanting that's quite loud. Yeah. Um, I think it comes as well from being a like a one club town. Yes, it is. People yeah. are used to all being you know, like kind of joined up together, and I think that really comes across with somebody watching it is seeing you do have a you know home and away feel or good guys bad guys, and it's that kind of dark line, but you're really getting the good quality matches, but you're also getting the fun side as well. Totally. I mean, as say Carlisle is a one club town, and everyone supports that one club. And uh, it does transcend across very well into there. The it's a family. It's st- still families come and stuff like that. Um, but we do try and make it as 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 po- like the the wrestling has to be good. The stories have to be good. The characters have to be memorable. You need to walk in and know who's the heel, know who's the face straight away if you're a brand new person. Um, and the atmosphere is just awesome. It always has been. But I always say it's like a Champions League final indoors, and obviously it's not football, but yeah. like it's that all the time. Yeah. Um, and you never really, I don't think, anyway, walk away disappointed like you would if your team lost. Because even if your team loses here, if the Polos lose, yeah. they'll still send you home with something, like a conga yeah. <laughs> or something, you know? And um, yeah, it's just unreal. Like, um, I'm very proud and very privileged to do this. It's something I never thought that I would be able to do. And then to still run it for four years and in the same venue, this venue that we never thought we would ever be able to run. Yeah. Um, and have the crowd that we do, the loyal crowd we do, the loyal roster we do. Our roster today is very, very much the same as it has been the last couple of years. The Polos, um, you've got Kirby, Josh, Shady, Medallion, Carnage. Um, Zach Gibson has fitted in immensely well into this into these shows. Yeah. Zach Gibson's been on every show this year. Shar and Lionheart again fit in really well with what we're doing. Um, yeah, it's. No, it's... I think card wise as well is like you do have that mix of you've got your local yeah, solid roster. Yeah. But there's always kind of fresh matches. There's different people coming in tonight. So if you're looking at tonight's card, um, so this will be. I don't know, this will probably be next week, so the show's already happened. Ah. Spoilers, people. But the, there's, kind of, there's a great variety across it. And yeah, it's totally. people around, and so sometimes you'll see polos in a tag match, sometimes you'll see them in singles matches, yeah. sometimes there's the four ways, then there's all the other guys are kind of mixing between. So there is that kind of fluidity across totally. the card of the local guy, the regulars interacting, but there's also these other people come in and just add that bit of freshness to it. Ah. So you'd seen Kirby and you see. Um, so like Zach Gibson's came in this year and kind of made a big impression with matches yeah. like Jackie and uh, Carnage etc. So there is that variety as well. And you will see all these names that don't just say it's it's not just uh, static. So it's not just your static roster. No, no. It it's is that very much of there is people come and go and some people have months off. So yeah. Well, number one is for DCT. There was a large chunk of last year who wasn't down here. Um, it's kind of coming with us. He's on the cap tonight. Yes. There is these, so there is people who are 
regulars, but they're not on every show. No. So like DCT is a huge example of that because and Coach Trip. Coach yeah. Trip hasn't been on in a couple of years, and he's got to walk in there tonight with DCT as if he's a monthly regular. Yeah. The people who just take to him. Um, Dave Mastiff, he's a, a semi-regular. You know, he's yeah. on every few months. Uh, Naoki Tanizaki is our first Japanese import. He's on yeah. tonight. Naoki Tanizaki, former Dragon Gate star. That's gonna be really cool. Uh, and you've got your regulars. You've got like uh, what well, Age Vorians on tonight. We've had Michael Chase and Theodorus on separately. It's the first time as a tag team. Um, also, how could I forget in terms of talking about local people, Monty Burns yeah. started off as a referee, got incredibly over, and I said to him, you know, if you could train to be a, if you could just start training, you would be really, really popular here. Yeah. And uh, he did. He, the, that week, he was like, I thought we were steaming, and I didn't think he was going to do it. He started training, and now he's a regular on most of the shows, yeah. Monty, and uh, a crowd favourite. Everyone knows, oh, this is the referee. So they know he's not going to be yeah. Kurt Angle, or he's not going to be Rim. You know, he's not going to be like the best wrestler on the show, but he still uh, gets the reaction. That's what it is. He's somebody in there scrapping. Yes. And I think from the picture I've seen him in his red singlet. Oh yeah, that we're breaking that up tonight. The carnage tonight. <laughs> as a rep, it's very much in the style of carnage, is what I assume it's totally. to be. Is that local guy? Got the fans on his side. Um, see, it has a very split division between the two refs. One gets a very positive response. Yes. Uh, they both played it very well. But there is that, you see him coming with that, and I've seen him on like the, the Lockerbie show, I was at a couple of months ago. As yeah. Well. You are seeing these people build that loyalty. And that's a, a, a bit of a that I think fits well, is there is a great deal of loyalty, not just from the wrestlers, but then you guys back to the fans. Yeah. So there is that trust, there's not the kind of. Well, what they try to do is that there is always that thought we want to leave the fans here happy, we want to make them come back, look after people, and make it a regular thing that you go to the wrestling. Yeah, and that's that's the the main thing. You know, if if you're local or if you're from Glasgow, I mean, the show now it is uh, obviously we're trying to encourage people to, to stay over and yeah. have a night out with us, and because um, it's all part of the the experience, I yeah. think. You know, like the after party here tonight. Um, getting to have a chat with everyone and a few drinks it's all great banter but if you can't do that you can still the show's now finishing early enough to get the train home or something yeah. like straight after and it's the same for, with we um we got keith curl when he was the manager of carlo united involved right. and he was a huge thing of trying to get people to support the football club and we were like oh well i'm trying to get people to support the wrestling keith so why don't we do something together two completely different things i'm trying yeah. to get 300 people in here he's trying to get 5,000. <laughs> i'm like but he was so up for yeah. helping us out and um being a part of it himself which shows the belief in the city that something really special happens yeah. here you know and everyone i think gets behind it anyway it's a really cool thing yeah um I guess just to wrap it up, is there any, you've said there are a couple of your highlights of like Paul and the surprise appearance yeah. and then uh, Paul promotions moustache match. Again, I'd recommend anybody who goes and finds that on Vimeo. Yeah, it's definitely. worth the six or seven quid I think it was to buy it. It's a really good show as well. We've also got Rampage and Carnage on there. Uh, there's the six way tag we talked about with yeah. Connors, Magnus and Joe against yeah. Time, Time, Time Wolves. Wolves and Flip Gordon. Yeah, oh, Flip Gordon. So these are all these names. <laughs> These are names that you're seeing in bigger like scenes now, either WWE, uh, Ring of Honor, uh, Magnus now the NWA Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. 
a nature of people here a good few months ago. So it's a thing. It's one of the things I want to do with this is around getting people to know about all these other promotions. Mm-hmm. And it's not just there isn't just an Easter way of progress. There is all these alternative modes. Yes. Yeah. And the people you might be seeing now are somebody you're going to see up the line, and it's very good to be able to turn and go. I remember seeing them at yeah, so totally. Like that and now you're seeing them in front of big promotions and things. Well, so yeah, I think uh, journeys go along. Can I just finish it on? I mean, just a funny story. Yeah. So something that's happened that you never thought would happen as a result of oh, so being much. involved. I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing, is mad to think that this company's only been going like five years, and five years ago we were running venues with only 20 or 30 people in them and uh, you know plodding along and now it's like a staple of the Carlisle nightlife Um, I firmly believe it's the reason that that venue is still there and um, we've helped a lot of people out over the years I think locally Um, we ran charity show when the floods were on and raised some money for the floods but the whole thing of Target still being here I think is a huge accomplishment we've had I've had a lot of um, milestones that we've hit, which really now is difficult to top them milestones. We've sold out the venue in advance, when really even getting 120 people in was a great achievement. Yeah. We've had 350 advanced sellouts twice, and then one where we've, we have hit capacity uh, again uh, with the walk-up. Um, being able to uh, prove that Carlisle can have some awesome nightlife and an awesome scene itself. Yeah. I don't know whether it's because we're perceived as a small town and the people in it live up to that presumption and the people believe that presumption. Like, oh, well, we're just a small town, so nothing ever happens in Carlisle. Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't ever buy that for a second. You know, we are a big city we are right on the M fucking six on the yep. motorway. We're an hour and a half from Glasgow. We're an hour from Newcastle. We're an hour and a half from Manchester. No one can tell me we're not in a good position. But it's the it's the just the way the Carlisle has been over the many years, and I've tried so much to just change that perception by either with it be the wrestling and putting on like big names and yep. huge cards that you would probably see in London, see them here in. Carlisle um, to running gigs in this place and bringing bands here that um, people want to see and fill in this place. Obviously, we're sat in Club Rock right now where I put a lot of gigs on. Yeah. Like um, supposed to be behind you there for a gig that we're doing next month. This band Fight for Friday headlining it, and they are going to be huge. Like they are playing in this little venue, but in two years' time they're going to be like second stage or main stage of Download or Slam Dunk Festival, and they'll have played in this small little venue, and people. The whole thing of it now is just to keep um, people believing and keep people into what we're doing in Carlisle is just try to build up this quality scene where people will think, oh, Carlisle, yeah, that's where Target is and we need to go there, we need to experience it. Or if you're a band or if you're a wrestler, you want to come and wrestle here and you want to perform here and that's really what it's all about to be honest and that's what I'm super proud of that it would be very interesting if we could take a time machine back and if Target hadn't existed yeah. to see what this town would be like it would be very interesting and um, it would probably be quite sad I think <laughs> and, uh, compared to what it is I think yeah. we've changed a lot of the nightlife in this city for the better and I think that's something I'm really proud of and the fact that we're still here 
doing it five years later is an even bigger achievement yeah. you know for me and still putting on good cards huge cards still getting big numbers in it's just hopefully long may it continue for years to come yeah I totally agree I see myself coming down here much longer I've never been a player where I'm like I'll just give next next month a miss yeah. but it's, that, it's worth my effort to come down have a really good time enjoy it uh, and the cards are always really good to get looked after after the shows and stuff as well isn't I think sometimes people can look at it and go cut oh, I mean he's going to England but yeah. it, from when I stay can, about an hour and 45 minutes to drive mm-hmm. we come to Glasgow you're about an hour and a half at most Yeah. you could jump the train the show's now finished kind of just after 9 o'clock yeah so well, the train's like half 9 I half think to nine, Glasgow I think there's one like 10 to 10 something like that oh, so th- there is options for people getting up and down I do know a couple of people who now use that for going back and forth and there's been different groups of people have had mm-hmm. to enjoy the shows I don't take people everywhere I don't always say about all these different shows but I do definitely recommend people coming along and trying and um, I just really enjoy it and yeah. something I can happily get behind and not have that you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean bad thing against any other company but it's some a company I can really get behind because I can see the people behind it I can yeah. see the honesty and the kind of, everybody's really genuine about wanting it, just the company to do well and you're saying they're the city to do well so, I so this show's um, this will be too late for you to attend tonight's show. It was amazing. We'll just say in advance because oh, it's guaranteed to be. Um, so that just Naoki uh, Tanizaki Shady match blew the roof off the place. Yeah, put a lot promotion. Actually, the roof. So it's now going to be an open top venue. Yeah. So <laughs> next show is in July. Yeah, July the twenty second or yeah. the twenty first. Twenty first. It's yeah. the same night as that. Twenty first of July, and. Um, can't give anything away, but oh well. To be honest, it will have been announced by the time this goes online. <laughs> um, but we are doing a number one contenders tournament yeah. in July, Saturday the twenty first of July, which features uh, three former Target Heavyweight champions yeah. and a wild card, which is going to be decided in the four way match tonight between Zach Gibson, Mark Coffey, Lionheart, and Kirby. Right. And then the, the winner of that tournament will face Shah Samuels at our September show. Which is the second of September? No, first, seventh, sixth. I don't. Can't think of it. It's one of them first weekends in September. <laughs> um, yeah, it's one of them first yeah. ones. In September. No, I'll, I'll put. I'll, I'll, I'll get it double checked, and when I do my kind of outro bit, I'll put bit the proper data. We'll find. Yeah. If Rise is enough numbers, I could chop it in. Put yeah. It in first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. It's one of them days. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so give people plenty of time to plan ahead. Um, look at your travel, get down and come and enjoy our show. Totally. I mean, really, I mean, you can get a train from Glasgow, I think, for 12 quid, 16 quid. Uh-huh. Same, Newcastle returns, 15 quid. Manchester's probably a little bit more tricky, um, but out west, if you live, I mean, if you're living like Whitehaven or Workington, I would hope that you'd be here anyway, but yeah. if you haven't been and listening to it, I think it's like a tenner return on the train. Like, And you can get the train home, it's, and there's plenty of car parks. Um, plenty of hotel. If you want a cheap hotel, just we I can sort that for people as well. So it's no, no, very affordable. Less than five minute walk around for the train station as well. And as I'm giving a hard sell because it's just something I think people should come. Yeah, back. yeah. Um, really good. But now I need chicken. You need to change into your suit. Hopefully yes. you've got proper shoes this time. I've got a surprise for everyone tonight. Well, if it's your crops, I'm not coming back. <laughs> mm, it's gonna be good. On that note. <laughs> 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 
Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly did. Um, we had to move about a couple of times. As you'll hear, there's some jumps where we either forgot where we were going, where we had to stop, where we had to move for. The sound of the ring being set up, the music being tested, random people walking in and out of the street, want to use the toilet. It's always an experience down in Carlisle, and that was a really busy day. Got down, really happy with how that's turned out. The first time I've listened back to it was this morning when I edited it. I'd kind of left it as I was just trying to enjoy my two weeks off. Been totally blessed with the weather and kind of reinvigorated what I want to do, how I'm feeling. So, again, let me know if you enjoy it. If you look up Target Wrestling, there's Target Wrestling. I've got the Facebook page, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter. Regularly share match announcements, ticket information. If you buy a ticket for a show in advance, um, you can get it for a general ticket for £10. If you buy it on the night, I believe it's now twelve fifty. But go on to their big cartel page via the link on their Facebook page. It's the best way to get yourself a ticket for a show. They not only run Carlisle, they also run Strinrard and Priest, Whitehaven. Um, somewhere I'm forgetting. But if you have a look, follow their stuff. Um, put up really good videos, prompt and stuff as well. And you never know when Paul London or someone of that ilk may just turn up in a show. Totally unexpected, because that's what they do there. And again, Ryan said in there, if you look for somewhere cheap to stay, if you want to stay over, get in contact with him. And Or if you want to go down and get home, easy enough done. Really good motorway links. It's about five minutes off the motorway to get to the show. Parking's right on the doorstep. Train station's three minute walk. And you can now get trains home in plenty of time. If you want to go home same night to wherever you stay, be it Scotland or across the north of England. Lots of options available to you. So look them up on Target Wrestling. This show is at Tuck of the Draw on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you get your um, podcasts as well. Like, review, let people know. Um, it's just me, and that's what I've realised. It's mentioned that they're kind of pre-bit for the show. Was, there is only so much I can do. Maybe I shouldn't set myself expectations that may be higher get too deep into it. I do need to sit back sometimes and just say that is what it is. And what it is though is something I'm really enjoying. So more to come. Next week will be with Lionheart talking PWE ahead of their show, their anniversary show. So go and have a look at their social media, see what they're up to. And I'll be at Reckless Intent this weekend. Probably end up at BCW and GPWA as well because it's an addiction. I just enjoy the rest of them.